We bout that inner fulfillment, sipping the cab, never spilling. Pinot Merlot, and any way the grape can give us that feeling. Business and marketing, sales revealing all of that realness. Health is wealth, are you with me? We talking wellness and chilling. Spilling anything but a drop. It's important to tell, it's not just about cash, but it's about doing more for yourself. So pour a glass, don't have to share with anyone else. Leave your problems on the shelf. You tuning in to wine and wealth. From the legend Zig Ziglar. People often say that motivation doesn't last. Well, neither does bathing. That's why we recommend it daily. <laughs> he was a man of words. But here's another one. The task of the leader then is to harness and nurture the drive of their team, to feed it, encourage it to grow, while minimizing circumstances and behaviors that are demotivating in nature. Because here's something you can take to the bank with few exceptions. All people want to achieve, contribute, and be a part of something special. Our inherent drive challenges us to achieve. And that's what's in this handbook, 180 Ways to Walk the Motivation Talk by John Baldoni and Eric Harvey. Proven and practical how-tos to energize everyone in your organization. And this, my friends, kicks off the first installment of the Dog Ear Sessions. What's up, Alex? What's going on, Tony? How you doing, brother? Fantastic. It is time to check about 6 o'clock at night. I have my wine. I have my coffee. That's, that's how we do it. That's right. The dichotomy of Alex and Tony. Today's wine is Piccioni Vineyards Montepulciano Reserva. 2015 the grapes were grown on their estate uh it's a 13.2 percent alcohol but while that is low for my palate quite frankly it is an incredibly balanced wine for those of you that live in north carolina especially charlotte get your ass an hour north of here to the yadkin wine valley it is one of the most beautiful and hidden gems in our state so there you go that's what we're drinking and i'm celebrating just after two big ass days of training, yeah, another sales team. You were here again for that, so I was like, when you get to see me in the game, so it's not just, <laughs> you know, conjecture that I actually do sales training. <laughs> you, you do. You were able to walk the walk and talk the talk. Hey, nice transition, dude. All right, so here's the idea behind this. I I came across an incredible library, man, many years ago. Um, of books that my dad had read and he was an avid reader and and the thing that I always really liked about picking up these books was he did a lot of dog ears and took a lot of notes and his thing was whenever he read a book his whole goal was how quickly could I siphon out information that's relevant to me and what I liked about that was he kind of did all the work because we he and I kind of think alike we have the same career path uh you know, our motivation is when you know this is going to be a leadership book, but I know how he looks at it and how I read it is sales leadership. So one of the things I want to do as we go through the dog ear sessions is I just want to pluck out what he dog eared. Oh yeah, and elaborate. I think that's great. This is look, man. When he was on the podcast with us, mm-hmm. remember that it was wasn't. Great. I know it was really good. 
He said it wasn't about a hundred years ago that you could read every book that was ever written. That is that really did shock me because I was sitting here just kind of listening for little maybe audio abnormalities, and that one really stuck out to me when he said that. I was like, that's very interesting. That's crazy. Yeah. Now you can't read every book that's written in a day. No, really. Period. So this is cool. This will give an opportunity to just say, all right, there's some folks that have been in the game. Um, that are doing it every day and how does it apply to me as a leader or salesperson so let's let's dive into this that first one the the quote i opened up with with zig zig was just absolutely hilarious but it makes sense because human nature is you know we get inspired we get motivated and that shit goes away after a minute and then there's there's other things that happen whether it's stress that motivates us it's called you stress whether it's a new event in our life something exciting happens the key is shit's going to kind of happen every day. Yeah. We take that for granted, whether you're having to motivate yourself or from a leadership standpoint. So let's dive into this because this is 180 ways and he did not dog ear everything. Um, <laughs> but I'll, let's, let's hit one that really stuck out to me. This is number seven on the list. Play the bad boss game. Mm-hmm. So I'll read this to you. Invite your team to list the behaviors of their worst unnamed boss. <laughs> unnamed <laughs> bosses, right. if you will. Have them describe what past supervisors did or didn't do that demotivated their teams. Make it clear that if they see you emulating a bad boss, they're free to tactfully let you know. That's really nice to actually say, hey, look, first of all, wouldn't you want a list of everyone on your team what demotivates them? Those are it's kind of like, I want to know everything that pisses off my wife guess what happens i avoid those behaviors yeah right and all of a sudden you have a pretty happy wife exactly happy wife happy life so why the hell wouldn't you want that in a leadership position so if you have a list of you have 10 people and you've gone through the bad boss exercise you have a file of things that demotivate them that's a pretty good start especially if you're a new leader Oh, absolutely. Now, Especially if you have to wind up having to call someone into the office for maybe bad behavior, you know how to even deal with that to make sure that you get your point across. Right. That's a good point. Um, look, so the we do assessments. One of the If you wanted to get really scientific and, and tactical with this, 360. Now, leaders, put aside your ego and pucker up your butthole because those can be stressful to read. You don't know who's responded. You don't know, and they're out. But man, are they incredible! Now, for me, three sixty. Yeah, three sixty is when you actually give. Uh, I'll call it an assessment, but it's a, a peer review. Okay. To everybody who's your subordinate. Got it. Okay. And they answer anonymously, and they know it's anonymous, and so you get to get feedback from a very large group of people. We do that for, now you have to have guts to do it, but man, oh man, woo, you gotta have EQ to take the. But you're getting so much valuable information. True, but you'd be shocked at how many people don't wanna hear it. Yeah. So, but 360s are powerful and they're not uncommon, but you know, let's just put it this way. I haven't done a whole ton of them. And that's not because I wouldn't like to do them. You know what I mean? It's intimidating. Sensitive subject. Um, I love this one. Send flowers to the living. 
All right. Make sure you take the time to recognize the contributions of people who are there day in and day out, plugging along, doing a great job. Don't fall into the trap of taking them for granted. Missing opportunities to let them know how important they are to you and your organization. Here's the tricky thing. We tell this, we have a course called WAMS. It's called Winning Account Management Strategies. And the first thing we talk about is the people who are in charge of the customer experience, right? Someone who's on the floor of, you know, they could be someone who cleans a casino mm-hmm. or someone that is taking the tickets at the at the ball game. They're usually the most underpaid, undertrained, and least appreciated person on your team. Mm-hmm. They hold the keys to the experience that person has as it relates to your company. Why the hell wouldn't I invest? some time and love into those people. You would be shocked at how uh, those people, and I've seen this happen, when those individuals get invited to a training that helps them outside of what they do. Not how to do, take a ticket, or how to clean something. Here's a team building exercise that not only will help you with your coworkers, but will help you raise your kids, have a better relationship with your family. Because we care about you and you're the frontline experience people. Mm-hmm. So we teach all the time. You know what? If you'd be shocked at how a name tag and a business card, how far that would go for someone that is at that level. Oh, absolutely. And it's so simple and so inexpensive. I mean, I can actually speak firsthand experience on that. My uh, last employer, when I first joined up, uh, within a month of working there, he goes, all right, you've proven yourself. He goes, design yourself a business card. And he paid for basically all new hires to get business cards. That way we felt like we were actually a part of the company. I love that. It's so easy. Cost Mm -hmm. what? 20, 40 bucks. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I never was able to get rid of all of them. Yeah, yeah, of course. (laughs) Um, We have a a strategy called the 10 coin strategy. This is really good. It's a physical reminder to give right brain attaboys and backpats. You know, as you excel through a leadership position, you should be really spending the majority of your time on empathy, right brain, EQ, emotional leadership. Mm-hmm. If you if you train up people and you got enough people that you trust to execute left brain tactical stuff, you should have an efficient team where you're walking around with a lot of the right brain. You know, that's nothing new if you're fans of John Maxwell and a couple other really heavy hitters out there. But you need something physical that reminds you because you get mired into like budgets and, Mm -hmm. you know, hiring and all the minutia that goes into some of that stuff. So I do know that like some like in the mainstream when people talk about like left brain and right brain, not when it necessarily comes to sales training, they consider the right brain being like the fun, creative aspect. So do you think that I know this is a completely separate thing. Do you think that maybe some of these leaders hear terms like right brain and think, oh, well, then my team is just going to be goofing off all day because we're fostering right brainism instead of you know working yeah that's bullshit because all the science tells us that that's not true Mm -hmm. like if you if you look at the gallup 12 poll which measures employee engagement which employee engagement is the number one predictor 
of an organization's success. There's a direct correlation between a high employee engagement index, which is the ratio between highly engaged employees and disengaged employees. And there's a level of people in the middle that are just what we call presenteeism. And the highly engaged employees are actively trying to help the company move forward. Disengaged are actively trying to hurt the company. And then the other ones are showing up just in a level above punishment. Yeah. If you look at those questions, they're all right brain emotional questions. Do I have a best friend at work? Does my boss care about me as a person? Do I have the tools to use my best assets every day? They're all these right brain emotional questions. If it was left brain driven, it would be, do you like your new computer, right? Mm -hmm. Do you like the new CRM that we provided for you? You don't ask any of that shit because it doesn't move the needle. It doesn't mean revenue. So the data shows that it's the right brain stuff mm. that means freaking Google figured this out before anybody. That's why they have free food. That's why they have nap pods, right? <laughs> so, yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. I mean, and they're always rated like the best company to work for exactly. year after year. So people started to get that. Look, you need something physical though, because you do get mired into into the crap. Um, one thing we tell people to do is look, put ten coins in your pocket, put them in your left pocket, and. The goal is by the end of the day, you've moved all 10 coins over to your right pocket. The only way you can move one from your left over to your right is when you give a compliment, a love, or an attaboy to somebody. So I walk by Alex and I see, I can feel, I can hear the coins jingling. I say, you know what, Alex? You know what? I know you're kind of got your nose down in this phone every day editing my videos and my photos. And, you know, I probably don't say this enough, but even though you're kind of just in the background, I appreciate you. And I've noticed uh, an uptick in my social. So thanks, man. Keep up the good work. And honestly, that kind of stuff does go a long way because, you know, with that former employer, I mean, that's how it started out. But, you know, near the end, it was strictly left brain mentality throughout the entire time. Well, think about it. That's the opposite way it should be. I'm glad exactly. you brought that and, up. And that's the reason I brought that up because I had noticed traits within my previous employer that any sort of right brain thinking was met with resistance because he just considered that unproductive. Yeah, absolutely. And dude, think about this. When you get hired to a new job, do you need a lot a lot of right brain motivation? No, it's you're a new excited job. to be there. Yeah. Right? You're up you know what? The fucking alarm goes off and you're like bounce out of bed. You're like, Woohoo, I'm ready for my new job. Yep. So you don't need a lot of right you need what? You need the left brain tactical shit. Mm-hmm. So what happens is, all right, I need low right brain, high left brain when I'm first there. After about 30 days, that excitement might wear off. So then I still I, I still don't have the skill. So I need high left brain, high right brain now. As I move further into my career, I need less left brain, more right brain, because just like Zig Ziglar said, motivation is required every day. But what happens is people move into trusted high performer status and you lop them off. You don't you don't say anything to them. You actually just like, you know what? I can let Alex run. I don't need anything. I don't, he doesn't need anything from me, right? When in fact, it needs to be all right brain leadership from that point on. Mm -hmm. You have to continue the attaboys. You have to continue the check-ins. You, you actually need no left brain stuff because that's what you trust them with. But humans still need the right brain stuff. So makes it, sense. it's like high L, low R in the beginning. High L, high R. In the, and then for early stages, 
low L, high R mm-hmm. moving forward, and then if they're high performer, R's. Yeah. Right, right, right. Cool. I like that. Uh, I love this. Believe it or not, this does not happen enough. Reward what you measure. It is imperative that people experience positive consequences for meeting or exceeding your performance expectations. Ask each person on your team to identify the type of recognition and rewards that are meaningful to him or her. Then do your best to provide the appropriate strokes to the appropriate folks. You know who got this right? The five love languages. Yep. Okay. I they see where were you're the going. first people. To me, that made so much sense because it said, "Hey, wife. Hey, husband. How do you prefer to experience love? Mm-hmm. Verbal, connect. Right? Do yep. you want things, experiences, touch? Time. Right? Yep. And it's kind of the same thing here. You know, it doesn't say it exactly." Like, give me your five love languages. But it's saying, how do you want to be rewarded? Yeah. Some people want to freaking watch. Some people want to go to dinner. Yeah, exactly. Here's, what's really cool about this is, and I know why it was circled by my old man, you know, a lot is made about personalities and assessments, especially since we do them. You know, we talk about DISC a lot, which is the how. It's that your behavior on how you communicate. But why? you do things what motivates you is completely different and you can't get that information unless you ask so there's two ways to do it this way ask right or take an assessment and understand what motivates them because they'll tell you in the assessment so i love that uh ramp up feedback i absolutely love that you should be giving way more feedback now i see a lot of people doing uh turn failures into teaching lessons right one of the greatest stories ever. I think it was, I think it might have been J.C. Penny. I'll have to fact check this. But uh, one of his employees had made a huge mistake that cost the company like a million dollars. And the guy comes in. Yeah, check this out for me if you can. The guy comes in and says, well, I guess you're going to fire me now. And he goes, why would I fire you? I just paid you a million dollars to learn a valuable lesson. Hmm. That's a that that is a very emotionally intelligent boss to be able to take that <laughs> and take it as a learning lesson. That that that's very wow. I mean, first of all, if that person moves on to your competitor, who's getting the value? Isn't everything you're better at a result of one of two things? You either made a mistake and said uh, don't want to screw that up again. I'm going to do that differently. Or you might have seen someone else make a mistake and say, I'm not going to do what that guy did. So turn failures into teaching lessons. Don't hang people out to dry. And that's one of the yeah. things that we do in role plays, I think, really well. If I were to pat myself on the back just a little bit is, hey, I'm not here for perfection. In fact, this is what I tell a lot of people who end up in my sales course. This course is not designed for you to necessarily fail, but it's not designed for you to pass either. I'm here to break you down a little bit and build you back up. Right. So I expect you to fail, stumble, especially during our role plays. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I can't teach you how to build it back up appropriately. And I wound up hearing you a lot of times talking about uh, the puking during the sessions because they keep trying to over talk it or not being comfortable with the silence and such like that. Yep. This is easy. 
share inspirational books. I got a uh, one of my client. I won't call him out by name just because I want to respect his privacy. But I his name's info on it. His name's Chris, <laughs> and uh, well, I'll find it for you later. Okay. Um, his name's Chris, but I notice he's sharing lots, and I've actually seen other people say, "Wow, this was a great book. Super easy." You know what? If you're a leader, you got a little bit of coin in your pocket, not the ten coins, but actually no. some money. <laughs> Buy some people a freaking Audible book. If you mm. really want someone to listen to it, you know what? Honestly, don't hand them a damn book in these days. Mm. I, know. <laughs> I don't trust people to read. You know, the, I think the data shows that the average college grad doesn't read one book, one nonfiction book per year anymore after they graduate. Mm-hmm. It's terrifying. No, and, uh, and well, the thing is, it's like that was the first thing I asked you. You know, when we first started getting into this, I said, what audiobooks do you recommend me? Because that's still when I was also working at my nine to five and everything yep. else, and that was a perfect thing for me to just put on and listen to. Yeah, you know what's crazy? The classics still hit hard. Oh yeah, how to win friends and influence people. Mm. The seven habits, seven habits of highly effective people. Incredible. For what it's worth, um, Chris Voss. What's the book? Um, it's a negotiation book. I think it's. I'll have to look up exactly what book it is. My God, that guy can write. Incredible <laughs> negotiator. Uh, I love this. So, number 42 on the list. We're going to do rapid fire these. Yeah. Right? Address performance problems early. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. The surest way to demotivate a team is allowing people to do subpar works. Mm-hmm. When that happens, others have to pick up the slack. And here's the deal. My old man's got a quote right here. It says, the price life charges increases over time. You allow somebody to do subpar work. Not only are you actually demotivating the rest of the team, the person you're allowing do that, you're doing the biggest disservice. Because you're letting them believe that what they're doing is good enough or okay. Yep. And guess what? The older they get, the harder it is going to be to reverse those habits. Mm -hmm. And that stuff's going to bleed over into their personal relationships, financial situations, work, selling, big time. So address it early, not just for the rest of your damn team that's got to pick up the slack, but honestly, for that person you hired. Um, (laughs) I love this, dude. So there's one, you see this? There's like a a crash course on motivation. It's a mm-hmm. top 10. You see what he's got there? A huge old X across the A giant ass X. This is one that did not, did not play well. So, so read off some of that. What what do you feel he may have not agreed in since we're kind of just flipping through the book and yeah, kind of seeing so notes? You know my dad well yeah. at this point. Mm-hmm. It's hilarious. Um, I don't know where you get your sense of humor from. Right. <laughs> so my guess is as he looked through this list – this was not um, commanding and leading enough to an individual. Got it. Too it passive. Was a, it was a little too passive. The 10 most, this is crash course of motivation, 10 to 1 most important words. You can say, number 10, that's an honest mistake. Let's focus on what we've learned. Number 9, why don't you take the lead on this one? Number 8, let me pass along what I've learned. Okay. <laughs> what can I do to help you? I really am glad you're here. You did a great job. What do you think? Let's work together. 
Thank you. You know why he put an X? Because this is bullshit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, this is when you're hearing this mm-hmm. as the person who has been hired, you're going, all right, what did you just sit through a leadership course for an hour on a webinar? No, like, to be completely honest, what it sounded like when you're reading those things out, like near the end, that was just more like asking questions. It sounded like a friend trying to comfort a friend that like maybe had a family member pass on or something. Like that's friend behavior. That doesn't seem very much like leadership behavior. Yeah, actually, I feel like this is what maybe someone would say if they're counseling a drug addict. Yeah, okay, I'm thank you. I'm glad you're you here. You uh-huh. did a great job coming. Mm-hmm. Let's work together. That, that's a much better way to put it where my head was kind of going with it's it. It's like really you're trying to pr- protect the ego mm-hmm. of the per- or protect the fragility of someone's when in reality, just let's just be real with each other. Yeah. So that's why I put that, a big X through this. And, and that's and actually putting it in that perspective is kind of odd that those actually made it in the book. And I honestly yeah. would put a big old X on that I too, know, because right? again, that that's good for social cues, but not necessarily for what the book is trying to do for motivation. Yep. This is a big one. Simon Sinek is, and, and people who are in the leadership know will know who Simon Sinek is. Always give the why. People tell you enough how, but what's the why? And here's the bigger one. So I'm asking you to do something and say there's a business reason behind this. But there's also people want to know, all right, I'm fighting for something bigger than my. You're asking me to do something. It needs to be bigger than myself. Mm -hmm. You need to tell me what that is. And then here's the kicker, which is not in this part right here. You got to combine it with my why. I'm not going to fight for your why as my leader. I'm not going to fight for the company's why unless it's something really big I believe in, like maybe cleaning up the plastic in the ocean, unless it serves my why. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a three-part stool. I'll fight for your why, leader. And if I believe in the company's why big enough, I'll fight for that. Mm-hmm. But only if it serves my why in the meantime. Yep. It's a three-part stool, so I do appreciate that. So how do you navigate a situation like that? Well, Because that I, does seem kind of precarious. Yeah, I think you go back to asking people how they want to be rewarded. That would give you some insight on how they think. You know, if someone's like, you know what? You want to reward me? Give me some more time in my day. Okay, why? Maybe you might want to ask if I, why? Well, you know, I like to spend time with my kids a little bit more. It's, it's stressful these days. Okay, um, how so? I got an hour commute to work. Really? You know, is is there a better time to can you know? So, so would you would you rather have a full day or would you rather have less time in the car? A full day off versus less time in the car. You know what? Honestly, I'd rather just have more quality time each day. Cool. So if I adjusted your hours from seven to four as opposed to eight to five, that'd be a better. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I'll actually kind of cut out my five o'clock traffic at that point. Yeah. I'd be able to eat some of that. So the so what I'm asking you to do. Is so you can help. You know, you do X, Y, and Z. This will help you with your family. You know, yeah. this is a little simple. That makes way. sense. The other way is to do the assessment. Um, respect people's time. Look, in selling, everything's a, a team effort. But the sales made by the salesperson, the problem identification happens. What happens too many times, especially in complex selling, sellers involve um, operations way too quickly. Operators are freaking really busy. They're, they're evaluating how to operate an account. They're staffing people. All kinds of stuff happens like that. And 
you know, for a leader, you need to make sure that you're, this, I'm talking sales, make sure your sales team isn't involving too many people too early to help sell. That happens way too many times. Hey, you know what? I had an appointment because I'm a little nervous that I might not have all the answers in my next appointment. Let me get finance. Let me get the facilities guy. Let me get this guy to help me do this. Let me get my construction manager over here to, to answer any, no, no, no. That's not set. That's not what helps you sell. Those people solve problems. Salespeople are there to identify problems. And you know what? Until this thing is really close and I all but have a real commitment and all I need is, hey, you need a couple expert opinions to, to feel like you're comfortable moving forward. Then and only then do I involve other people's time. So if I'm a leader, I'm saying, look, you're in sales, you're in operations, you're in finance. Make sure that if you're going to borrow the time of other people on this team, that that sucker's close. That that's the last thing required of us to move this thing forward. Until then, help, I'll help you mm -hmm. respect their time. That's how I feel about that one. But brother, this is number 85 right here. And this one, to me, is the biggest one. Stop punishing good performers. I elaborate dude your face says yeah. what everybody else out there is saying mm -hmm. let me give you an example all right alex worked for me at this retail company okay uh i know that alex won't steal from me i know that when people come in between six and seven o'clock at night they're my hottest buyers, and Alex is my best salesperson. But John, you know what? He's an asshole. Right? He's terrible at customer service. In fact, he drives people away. Do you like working 6 to 7 o'clock at night? Other than right now? No, no, no. No, right? You'd rather probably be home getting yeah. ready for dinner. It's Christmas season, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, love to be home with the family. Yep. Who am I going to choose to work the late nights, six, seven days a week? Probably the guy that you feel a little bit more favorable toward. Bingo. Mm -hmm. So who did you punish? What behavior did you not reward? Hmm. Think about it. You're the good performer. You're right. the guy I trust. Right. You're the guy that can sell. Mm -hmm. So because of that, guess what? Sorry, dude. You don't get to hang out with your family. You got to put in the overtime. While John, who sucks, I'm sending him home because I can't trust him. That makes okay. I see the train of thought now. So it, and you go, oh my god. And I bet you, anyone who's listening to this has someone like that. You most like this happens in customer service all the time. Yeah. Right. I got it. Oh my god. It's four o'clock on a Friday. We just got an email that one of our clients' hair is on fire. Yep. And I've got I've got uh, Joan and I've got John. And Joan is the nicest person. She is methodical. She can she solves every problem cuz she doesn't leave anything. Mm -hmm. Not unfinished. John is a wild card. John is only thinking about getting to happy hour. When I put these kind of tasks on John, I come back on Monday and half the shit ain't done. Yep. But this 
putting out the fire situations gonna last until maybe eight o'clock tonight. Who am I giving it to? Yep. I'm giving it to Joan. Yep. Joan missed her kid's soccer game. Joan missed dinner. Yeah. So you have to be. It's only a matter of time before those people burn out and go work for your competitor. So reward the behavior you want repeated. That's what they mean by stop punishing good performers. That makes sense. Woo! It's a big one. Honestly, that's the one. And, and it and that also might be difficult because coming from someone that's not maybe been in too much of a leadership role, but having to follow other leaders, that is something that maybe the team may have a hard time also wrapping their head around because you know me also working in retail i was used to good behavior being rewarded by leaving early and having that kind of stuff done so all of a sudden if i felt like i was exceeding and then they're like oh wait no 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 you can't have you know this friday off you know this is our big sale day well, yeah, that's why I don't want to be here. I feel kind of burned out, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so you've lived it. <laughs> um, I love this. Focus on strengths. You know what? When I uh, got married to my wife, I made it very clear. All the things you don't like, I hope you can deal with them. Because they ain't getting fixed. (laughs) (laughs) You just reach a certain point and you know. Yeah, exactly. But too many times, we think we can fix weaknesses with training. Mm -hmm. You're better off hiring in the holes and the gaps. Yeah. I mean, you find out what strengths work for certain roles, and you hire people who exhibit those strengths. You, you make them aware of weaknesses where they hurt them, but you don't try and say, hey, this is you, but that'd be like me saying to you, look, ma'am, I know your strengths are in being analytical, having attention to detail, right? Being able to focus on, on kind of a minute task mm-hmm. over a long period of time. I love all that, Alex, but I need you to be more personable. Mm-hmm. I need you to honestly, man, overcome uh, maybe some initial fears of making some cold calls and sell a little bit. Yeah, I need you to learn how to sell some B2B. You'd be like, all right, you'd probably say all the right things. Cool, I'm, I'm going to give it the old win one for the yeah. gipper. It's only a matter of time before you go, I'm burned out. I'm mm-hmm. stressed because every day I wake up, I'd rather be doing what my strengths are. Right. Instead of working on my weaknesses, mm-hmm. that so makes sense. it's why we have football teams of eleven people on one side that all exhibit different strengths. You don't tell the linemen to learn how to run faster. You learn. You tell them how to learn how to push harder. Mm-hmm. You're. You know what? dude you've been pushing for a long time really really good <laughs> let's get you to push harder really really good <laughs> yep and that's only gonna make the team stronger exactly that's it you got it um so as we neared the end of this oh i love this motivating yourself oh man this brings me back it's I feel only- like everyone probably needs to hear whatever you're about to say on this yeah one. i love this because because he's got life goal Get a baseline and measure improvement. These are some of the things he wrote down. NBA, I'll share with you that because I know exactly what that means. Um, It says, now we've come to the bottom line, the place where the buck stops. Uh, 
the one person that can truly motivate you. It's time to put into practice what you've tried to bring out in others around you. It's time to blow out the cobwebs, slough off the sluggishness, and get down to the all-important task of motivating yourself. And bro, welcome, by the way, now that you're in the I work for myself game. <laughs> it's real, isn't it? Absolutely. It is. And it's here's family. I'm putting down the book for a minute. <laughs> oh, here he goes. You could look online and see a lot of fake ass examples of people that seemingly are motivated out of their nostrils every day. And whether you think it, believe it, or don't believe it, your brain's going to eventually say, damn, I'm not there. Imposter uh, syndrome. Uh, exact. Or even worse, like, I just can't. I, every day, I'm supposed to work out like that person, or I'm supposed to think like. I know you've heard it before, but it's a damn highlight reel. You cannot measure yourself. You cannot motivate yourself against other people constantly. I curate my social media to be inspired by those individuals, mm -hmm. but with context. Yep. I measure myself against what I did yesterday. If you listen to the Alan Stein uh, podcast that we did, my man Alan Stein Jr. said it. He's like, I don't measure myself against anybody else. I measure myself against what I did yesterday. And if I move forward every day, I'm good. And I think the one group of people that understands that probably more than people on sales team is musicians. Yeah. Because I think that's one of the reasons he probably also relates to that really well is, you know, we, you know, as musicians, we have a hard time trying to not compare ourselves to the success of our peers or the people that came before us or, you know, oh, we did these moves. Why didn't that work kind of thing? So being able to just be content and go, okay, well, here's my growth from this time last year. Yeah. Look, here's the here's resonates. the real deal. Like your motivation comes easier for some people, honestly. Yeah. Some people, it's more of a... Look, I'm going to say something that I haven't really said out in public. It took me a while, right? I had to put myself in certain situations to motivate myself. But here's the reality. I grew up in a pretty privileged life. I had two parents that I have only seen love from. Yes, my dad was tough on me right as as a good dad should be taught me a lot of lessons that's why i think i am where i am today exactly but if you were to put me against someone who's really struggled who maybe didn't have a father who maybe grew up way more financially uh not as advantaged as me their motivation possibly you could argue mm-hmm is really high yeah like to get out of that situation like they could pop so you could possibly say you know what what motivation have i had to really move the needle forward i've always kind of had you know i know it, it ain't gonna it really ain't gonna get worse now i as i've grown and i haven't had a lot of handouts right? I'm still, <laughs> you know i'm paying you alex out of my pocket not theirs. i know it's yeah. the, the tables have turned yeah, yeah. so the, you notice the motivation's high but it took me a little minute to get there but i digress you know when it, you know you have to baseline it off a couple rules and as i look at it i say did you improve today if you slipped today how do you make it up 
And did you live by, you know what? Was I not content with mediocrity? Was I not content with being average? If you can answer, that really frustrated me. And you can begin to put little place markers in the, in the next day, the next day after that. Hey, don't be average. Don't accept mediocrity. Do some, don't let day two go by without doing X, Y, and Z. Then you build momentum and each day gets a little better and better. You know what? You slip on one day, you ask yourself the question, were you upset that you displayed some level of averageness? If the answer is yes, good. Yeah. What tomorrow? Mm -hmm. And he has in here, this is what he used to tell me as a little boy. He has it in here, NBA, never be average. He would say to me, son, I don't give a damn if you want to cut hair for a living. That's a mighty fine career. It'd be a weird one for you. I don't think that's what you need to do. <laughs> He's like, I don't care what you want to do. I don't care if you sweep floors for a living. You'd be the best damn floor sweeper in the world. You'd be the best damn hair cutter in the world. Do not be average. Yeah. And to me, if I can live by that rule, I'm all right. I'd say you're doing a pretty damn good job so far. Thanks, bro. I appreciate it. <laughs> and lastly, lastly, I'm going to leave it at this one. Reward yourself. We just crushed two big-ass days of training. It took a lot of energy. These Zoom calls aren't as uh, easy as when I would be able to be in person with people. No, not at all. I think I am 60 Zoom calls in this year in oh, nine wow. months. If I look at my calendar, it's 60 times I've been in front of a screen trying to keep the energy up. You know how I'm rewarding myself? Hanging out with you. Doing this podcast and drinking a nice ass glass of wine, my brother. That was fun. It First was one of the dog ear sessions. First one. First and, one. And the thing that I like, actually, I really liked about this episode is, you know, some of our episodes may be geared a lot more toward, you know, the you know marketing side or the sales side. I feel that people just looking for a little bit of umph in their stuff, especially because of how crazy this year has been. Almost anyone can take something out of this episode. And that's what I liked about the dog ear session. Cool. Well, look, here's the deal. Um, more than ever, we need shortcuts to higher level learning. That's yeah. why I've always loved these. Mm -hmm. I've had access to, I mean, I've got like a hundred of these. Yeah. We're going to have a lot of stuff to talk about. So to me, shortcuts and access to knowledge of people whose path I respect mm -hmm. makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. That's why we read books in the first place. So um, hopefully we can continue to provide that for people. I think the next one will be, oh yeah, baby, Blink by Malcolm Gladwell. Okay. This will be a good one. I can already see all the pages <laughs> right. turned on. Literally, it's crazy, isn't yeah. it? The power of thinking without thinking. And The Tipping Point, which is a really good book by him as well. So this, I think, is the follow-up of that. So we'll get into that. Uh, but with that said, without further ado, my family, my friends, this has been another episode of Wine and Wealth, but the first episode of the Dog Ear Sessions. This time, we were talking 180 ways to walk the motivation talk 
by John Baldoni and Eric Harvey. Thank you, guys. I appreciate the knowledge. Alex, I appreciate you being here all day. You put in a hell of a day of work today, brother. Thank you, sir. So have you. Yep. Thank you. All right, my friends. Till next time. Happy selling. <laughs>